This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Double Tap Canada. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. Oh, hang on, I didn't do it properly. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. Yes, it is I, Stephen Scott. Never confused. Uh, I've got Sean Priest with me here, over there somewhere. Hello, Sean, how are you? Are you confused? I'm always confused. You can't start the show without the three hellos. It's tradition. Sorry, I do apologise. Tradition was broken. Oh, do you know what? The whole world's broken. Get over it. Okay. Blimey. <laughs> That's the tone of today's show, then. And Tim Schwartz is over there somewhere. Are you awake today, Tim? I am awake. I am here. But what is this? It is I, Stephen Scott. This isn't Game of Thrones. What was that? Uh, excuse me. <laughs> it is I, Stephen Scott. Uh, I'll oh, have I you know. And you are indeed you. Or indeed whoever you choose to be. And, and actually, Correct. that's an interesting point this week. Because apparently, if you don't like your name, you can just change it. Uh, this is a thing that we learned this week, and it's going to be actually a, a major topic of discussion on our program this week. Yeah, apparently, uh, if you don't like your name, just change it. Now, in case you're thinking, what's he on about? Yep. Yes, that is what I'm thinking, yes. Has he finally gone over the edge? Is this the point where it all goes horribly wrong about Bonnie and Clyde? Uh, well, no. Uh, I'm actually talking about Google here. <laughs> Google... Uh, which is going to be our main topic this week. They had a big conference, uh, or having a big conference. It's called I.O. Um, I don't know what I.O. means. Is it in out? Uh, let's just say yes and skip over it. Yes. Okay. Uh, because if it is, I'm out. Um, so we'll just, just clarify which side I'm on in this. But yeah, they, they've renamed a lot of their products. Um, because apparently, uh, people don't want Google in their homes. Uh, who'd have thought that, you know, the idea of something that you can search and know all about you, and of course they hear all the, the stories of privacy concerns, uh, nobody wants this apparently, so they've decided to change the name of their products to make them feel more cuddly and friendly. Well, nesting, uh, I believe it is now, so Nest. I mean, yes. it, it does, it, you know, it brings up images of home, doesn't it, of comfort, your own little feathered nest. So I'm all for it. They only changed it, the, the Google Home stuff to Nest. It's fine. No, they've changed everything to Nest, Sean. Do you know, honestly, Tim, does he watch anything? No, he doesn't pay attention no, to anything. No, no, they haven't. You, you haven't now got a Nest Pixel phone, have you? Okay, maybe not that. But Nobody have a Google <laughs> Nest Assistant. Hey, see? Yes, exactly. Okay, moving on. Um, but they have. They've changed the number of their products to Nest. I mean, look, it's, uh, that's not the biggest news of all. Um, but, it, you know, I, I think it's interesting. I think also, in some ways, it's a bit silly because this is a hard enough market for a lot of people to understand. And then you start bringing in new products with new names that people don't connect with Google. How does that work? I mean, if, so it doesn't mention Google at all. Do you even know what you're buying? I mean, a lot of people, how many people would have heard of Nest, really? Maybe that's the point. They don't want you to know that they're buying a Google product. <laughs> yeah, maybe it is, yeah. I, I actually think that's probably true. Yeah, I think that probably is. Uh, but anyway, uh, the conference happened, and um, so, right, we're all rubbish, right? Because we were all supposed to sit down and watch it, and then we all forgot. Um, and then we, we wanted to watch it, but we didn't. And then Sean fell asleep, I think. I think you fell asleep as well, Tim. I mean, let's be clear on this. <laughs> no, right, okay. Now, now, come on now. Let, let's let's be absolutely bit. clear on this. No fake news here. I 
didn't forget about it, but yes, with did. the time differences, I wasn't sure what time it started. So I took a little power nap before, <laughs> thinking it started an hour later, and it never. And yeah, I fell asleep. Yeah, I actually did start to truly watch it, and it put me to sleep. So I had to watch a 13-minute recap on YouTube. Oh, well, as long as you've done the research, Tim. Yeah. And somebody around here has to. <laughs> I'll tell you something. I was a little bit surprised at it. I thought, I mean, last year's one, I remember, was just awful. It was just boring. And actually, they, they had more toys to talk about then. This time around, they were talking about lots of different things. And, and I think the key takeaway, which is interesting, a lot of the mainstream articles are picking up on this from like TechCrunch and Wired and all the rest. They're all picking up on one particular aspect of Google's innovation, and that is around accessibility, uh, which is great for us because um, they are looking at new ways to do things. Unfortunately, and this is not to discredit Google and what they're doing. I think what they've done is great. It's just that, you know, Apple have already done it. Um, just thought Controversial. Well, look, they have. And, you know, they brought out Google Lens, which has now got a capability of reading uh, text it sees. What, like Microsoft seeing AI or anything else? No, 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 no. Now, come on now. Google Lens was... The Google event was amazing. It was exciting. No, it wasn't. I, no, 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 no. You are wrong, sir. Let me tell you. The artificial... The, the artificial... The, the, the what? Right. What the AI... <laughs> the AI that Google have got going on at the minute is absolutely amazing. There's nobody that can touch them. The uh, live Nobody does it better. Well, you're exactly right, sir. You're right. Because, look, the duplex thing, that was amazing. Oh, that's dreadful. No! And they're talking about... You know the way. Now, look, that... This is like this is. Like, no, look, I'm, I'm thinking of our dear listener here, right? This is yeah. like a clown dancing around in a minefield, right? We, we've got to make some sense here for people. So, right, we'll start with I Google was Lens. Perfect sense. No, you so won't. That's terrible. Saying the word artificial. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, no, let's <laughs> talk about let's talk about this in some kind of sequence, right? Because you know, let's not do what we always do, which is um, just dive right in and start throwing terms around that nobody understands. Um, that's what other podcasts do. Let's do it properly. Um, so, <laughs> sorry. Let's um, not do what we always do that other podcasts do that we don't do so that we can do it properly. <laughs> got it. Exactly. I got Thank it. Thank you. I like clarity. Thank you, Tim Schwartz. Um, You're welcome. Host of lifeafterblindness.com. Correct. A sensible podcast. It is. I just thought I'd put that out there because I would like Tim to come back next week. Thank you very much. Um, so, um, and then there's that audio thing you do, Sean. Was it audio pizza? I'm not Terrible. coming back. No, forget it. I'm not coming back. <laughs> I'm upset. <laughs> right, look, okay, so Google I.O.'s main thing was about privacy. Um, again, everybody's talking about privacy. We had the F8, FB conference. I still F8. don't know what that is. F8, is it? Why is F8. it F8? What's... No, it's got to be FB for Facebook. Why would it be F8? That's ridiculous, it's Tim. F8. I have looked after our conversation last week where you were so sure, I actually went and purposefully looked for it, and it is F8. Tim's wrong. So the FB conference, yes, Stephen? Dear listeners, um, please send your emails, feedback at ami.ca. Who is right? Myself. You know, sure. I know they're remaking the Twilight Zone, but I didn't realize I was in it. Um, <laughs> right. Okay. Anyway. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so the, the privacy conversation came up again. Look, I'm not going to delve into that again. We talked about it last week. I think you guys know where I stand on this. I think that privacy is, of course, a major concern. You're handing over your data. In some cases, 
it depends on which company we're talking about. I think the data is very different. I mean, if you're looking for something on Google, you're searching, all that data is being captured. And they're trying to address that with something called incognito mode, which has been around on the desktop for a while. They've brought it to the mobile app as well. Uh, so you can, I, think, I thought this was always there, if I'm honest, but maybe not. Um, but I know they it do. It wasn't in everything. Yeah, it wasn't in everything, Google. They were trying it out in YouTube, I know, for a while. Yeah. And on the desktop. And they hadn't rolled it out everywhere. It's kind of like dark mode for Mac. It, it just hasn't gotten to iOS yet, although it will. Um, so, yeah, I, I think. In all seriousness, privacy and security should be a high priority, especially for Google, because this last year or so, they've had issues with uh, messages being hacked and photos being sent to people when they shouldn't have been and your information uh, being received when it shouldn't have been. And because they are arguably the best, biggest search engine out there, and they are collecting information like crazy left and right on everybody using their services, especially their ads platform, they have to get privacy and security right. That is a major part of their business model, especially when it comes to ads. So they have to get it right. And yes, they did take a shot at the over the bow of Facebook and Apple. They were trying to say certain things about their products that they may consider to be shortcomings in, in Apple products or, or the new Facebook portal uh, you know, screen, the smart screen. And maybe they had an argument there, but a lot of the things they implemented, as you said, Stephen, we've seen a lot of these things before. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I agree. I, I, I think it's important that we talk about privacy as much as possible. Um, I sometimes feel like a little bit disingenuous from these companies. Do you know what I mean? It just it feels they're such large companies. They are trying to make money. And part of that making money, especially Facebook, I mean, look, we've got to be honest here. Facebook's whole business model is about collecting your data and then selling on the basis of that, not necessarily the data itself, but selling advertising to you based on your data, um, which obviously means somewhere they've got to kind of look inside the box and go, what does he like? <laughs> oh, right, okay. Well, how else mm. can you rig an election? That's oh, <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, whoa, it's gone there already. Right, okay. Um, <laughs> which is, there's nothing wrong well, with that business model, by the way, as long as they're transparent about it. And that's exactly the same business model. The business model of rigging elections? Is no, no, no. Sorry. No, let's move away from that. <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> oh, well, you said there was nothing wrong with that. I just wanted to clarify since Stephen likes clarity. Yeah. Google does exactly the same thing. And most of the other companies, apart from Apple, I think it's fair to say, it is based on that ad revenue. But that's the interesting thing about Apple in some ways that they're, I mean, oh, who knows what's really going on inside that spaceship in California, right? But <laughs> I think it's fair to say that, that there are probably more concerns about privacy because there's more, there's less data gathering by Apple in some ways. Um, they don't have the kind of products yet that kind of seek out a lot of your data. And that was one of the things I was reading about last week, actually, how Apple, because they don't do that, they are quite keen to try and keep, you know, as much information, as much as your private information on you as possible. Like, for example, your fingerprint on your phone or your face ID, all of that is locked inside the phone. It doesn't go to servers or anything else. Um, Apple Pay is seen as far more secure. I was trying to explain this to someone the other day. You know, they're happy to... This bamboozles me, but... And this is... A lot of it is down to us as people, and I don't want to go through this all again, but just this one point. A friend of mine, he says to me this week, um, oh, I don't use any of that Apple Pay nonsense. Can't be bothered with it. You know, you don't know what's happening with all this stuff. You know, where's, where's my card number going? 
I do it the old-fashioned way. I like to call up the company and tell them over a phone my number and details. Yes. And, you know, and, and, and oftentimes, I yeah, remember my wife secure. doing this. Yeah, exactly. My wife was doing this once. She, was, she had the window open. She's sitting on a chair at the window, and she's reading out her card. Right, it's 4932. <laughs> and someone standing outside, well, they're not, but, you know, someone could be standing outside with a notepad going, oh, right, thanks a lot, that's great, I've got all your details, I know exactly where you live because I'm looking at your house. So, yeah, great, that's me, that's your identity. Exactly. And that's more secure. So I think, and, and you know, I think things like that are good. Um, I, I think it's the rea- the new reality we live in. And I think, even after what I said last week, I was kind of thinking, I suppose in some ways we have to just kind of accept this to some degree. It's not like it's going anywhere. It's not like anything's going to change. I know, Sean, you seem to be far less concerned about your privacy and your data, which means your web history must be beautiful. Yeah, but that's because he doesn't do anything online. He's not on social media. I don't do anything annoying or um, well, that's suspicious online, Tim. I think you'll find I'm a clean living lad. Oh, I see. Okay. No, I, I <laughs> again, as or he just lives in perpetual incognito mode. I don't know. <laughs> as I said, I think that <laughs> stop it. <mate. laughs> I think it is a a convenience versus privacy thing. Yeah. Yes. Um, the, the services that Google are offering and, you know, Facebook and YouTube and whatever else, these these companies offer a service that we want to use that makes our life maybe not easier necessarily, but more entertaining. And we're willing to give away certain amounts of our privacy. As long as the companies are transparent with what they're doing with that, then, you know, it's purely our decision whether we're OK with that. And I've got to say, for the, the services that we get, I think... Yeah, actually, it's fine. And I think that's what Google showed in the I.O. event. It's not so much um, a difference to the privacy model that they've got. It's more that, okay, here it is out in front. Here's a U tab on the Google Assistant that allows you to see exactly what data we've got, what ads we're, we're targeting at you, and you can opt in and out. And I think that's important. That's what people want. So, yeah, I think it was actually a step they had to take, you know, given all the heat that's coming on privacy at the minute. I think it was probably expected. Okay, so they talked about that. Then they moved on to talk about some products. And uh, there is a new one, as I mentioned at the top of the show. They've changed the name for whatever reason. I'm going to think of what I'd like to call myself if my name wasn't Stephen, um, which it is. Uh, I just thought I'd mention that. Uh, so if my name wasn't Stephen, uh, what would it be? And actually, my answer is really simple. I would just flip my name around. I ever thought if I ever got a gig working in, like, New York in radio, I'd just switch my name around. I'd go, Scott Stevens would be my name. That would be my name. Well, that's inventive. You just turned it around. I mean, come on. <laughs> but how cool is that name? Well, not very. Scott Stevens. Oh, sorry, Sean Priest. Well, that's not my made-up name. I mean, that's the <laughs> given name. If I'm going right, to make up my name, it would be Clint Starbucks. Of course, because that is cool. <laughs> now, now, careful, Sean, because we are aware of what your middle name is, and I know you don't like that being spoken aloud. Ooh, so I don't know careful. what it is. What's wrong with what my... I don't mind my... I'm proud of my middle name. Well, what Go is ahead, it? Tim. Oh, you had told me once that uh, it didn't make sense with your first name, but never mind. All right. No, okay, we'll leave it there. It's a teaser. Maybe at the end of the show. People can send emails to guess what Sean's middle name is. I'm all about sending is emails. That- is that really the best we've got as a team? <laughs> yes, yeah, really. <laughs> what is Sean's middle name? What does it come to? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> right, okay. Um, so they bring out this new product. It's called the Nest Hub Max. Terrible name. 
I don't know why. Why don't they consult me on this? Honestly, I thought they had with a name like oh, that. Oh yes, Scott Stevens. <laughs> yes, of course, and the famous <laughs> Tim's Bits segment. Hey, no, no, careful. I went to high school with a guy named Scott Stevens. So, you know. oh, it's a, it's a lovely name. Um, his his hey, name shows up in listen. Facebook along Stephen all the time, and it confuses me. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'll explain that one another day. Um, don't know, if, if anyone has found me on Facebook, that's how you'll find me. And oddly enough, for whatever reason, I, it's a very long and boring story. But let's just say I'm an idiot as a result of it. Um, because I've said enough said. All right. <laughs> I don't need to go into any more detail than that. Uh, but yeah, so this thing comes out. And it's essentially the Google Home Hub, if you've ever seen that. It's uh, a Google Home uh, Assistant with a screen. And that's basically the simplest way of explaining it. Uh, you get this new one, which has got a 10-inch screen. And the difference between the Home Hub and the new uh, Hub Max is that it has a camera in it. The <gasps> Home Hub doesn't. Uh, and that's kind of built for, I guess, bedrooms. It's built for Oof. more private areas. Steady. Careful. Um, well, you know, somewhere you put, you don't want a camera to just go live at any given second. I always think about these drop-in type features and intercom type features now. <laughs> uh, you know, you're in the shower and suddenly, you're live! Um, that could be pretty terrifying. Especially if one of us are doing the, the live bit on AMI <laughs> audio in the morning. Uh, that could be interesting. Um, morning, uh, morning, Mike. Uh, morning, Jolita. Uh, <laughs> Please, let's move can, along from me, this imagery. Give me five minutes, will you? Um, <laughs> That I think this is fantastic. Look, the whole name change thing actually makes total sense. No, it doesn't. It moves, no, it moves it all in line with home products. So, you know, Nest smoke alarms, Nest cameras, Nest, whatever, Nest video doorbells. Yeah, Nest thermostat. So it all brings it all together. This is products for your home. And um, bringing the camera into the Google Hub actually makes sense as well because again i think this goes back to the convenience versus privacy when they released the google hub it was very much made a point of there's no camera in this hooray it's so private and secure but then people are saying you know what i want a camera i want to video call people i I find a camera would be really useful so they've done a u-turn on that and i think that's down to feedback that people do want these cameras and they're not They'd rather have that function and feature set over the possibility of it streaming whatever they're doing uh, at an inappropriate time. But, I mean, there's no... This is just paranoia about technology, and sometimes it's quite valid paranoia, but, you know, there's been no instances of it streaming accidentally. Psychiatrist Sean. Um, (laughs) Well, you know, I'm in serious mode here, (laughs) because one of us has got to be. Oh, right. Look, (laughs) the camera had to come because people wanted it their their want for those features was more than their concerns for the privacy so i'm right well i think when they looked at the (laughs) sales wow i worry you might be right actually (laughs) that's okay when they when they looked at the sales of the echo show and saw how popular it was and even with some of the camera privacy concerns that the facebook portal had when it came out last year or so whenever that was they said all right obviously like sean said this is popular people want a camera in a device like this for whatever reason, for maybe video calls or for other things. So we do need to put this in here. And as I mentioned before, they were taking shots at Facebook and and others because they said you can very easily and simply turn off the camera and the microphone. They they are independent. There's an actual switch on the back where you can reach around and just turn it off. And it's really simple and easy to do. And that was a shot at Facebook with the portal because a lot of the concern was this is a camera that's on all the time. How do I get rid of it? People were putting pieces of tape over the camera 
camera because there was no real way to cover it properly or to turn it off, at least in an easy way. So Google said, all right, everybody wants a camera. We're going to give it to them, but we're going to make sure that you understand there are easy ways to turn it off. And, and I did like, I know it was kind of underrated and silly, but to shut the thing up, I think you just wave at it at the camera and it stops talking. I kind of like that. Yeah, I yeah. wish we had that feature. <laughs> wave I'm waving at you, Stephen. Our listener wishes they had that feature, trust me. Um, no, I think that's good because you kind of put your hand up to it, don't you? And it just says, right, enough, and it, it gets the point. Talk to the I, I th- yeah. Yeah, I like that. I do like that. Um, and it's a feature, actually, that I tried on another product, which I'll be talking about next week, um, a specialist pizza kit. So that kind of stuff's already Ooh, out there, which is good. Um, I had it first, just saying. Um, but anyway, uh, so yeah, the, 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 what am I on about? Um, so the, uh, the Nest Hub Max is out, uh, or will be coming out. It is going to be 229. Mm. Uh, they're dropping the price down to 129 for the uh, other one, for the Home Hub, uh, which is the smaller one. It's seven inches, but doesn't have the camera. Uh, I will say one thing, and and based on my experience and others' experience I was reading last night, which kind of comforted me in some ways, uh, the accessibility on this is not great. Um, the, oh, no, really? The, yeah, who'd have thought? Um, but the Home Hub is sadly not brilliant. It does have Chrome Vox on it. I wasn't right, being so sarcastic, by the way. I'm, you were I, actually meaning I, that. I actually right? mean that. I thought it, the accessibility would be fine on it, to be honest. Okay, so it's got Chrome Vox. Um, very limited version of it. All it's really doing is telling you again in a different voice what you've just heard from the assistant because the assistant will speak to you and tell you things. However, if you say, what's the weather, then or what's the weather for the next few days, it might tell you the first day, but the rest of the information would be on screen. So you can run your finger over that, and all of that is accessible. That's great. The issues are where they've not labelled images properly, which seems insane. Absolutely. Um, So you've got a situation where you turn it on, and it says, Hi, I'm Google Assistant. And then goes, (laughs) 31496847.png. And you're like, what? Uh, And you get a lot of that. Uh, because it just doesn't understand what it's what it's it's got in front of it. It's displaying. That's a picture of the sun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or a rain. <laughs> I have no idea what that. I have no idea what that .png file is. One day I will find out. But uh, yeah, so there's things like that that are going on with it. Um, I don't know if Chromevox has necessarily been built properly on this yet. I mean, it'll come. But it's it's not there yet, and it's something which needs to be improved. Oh no, this is terrible. I take it all back. Look, I was so impressed with the Google event, and this this. Google's accessibility, let's just say it, it, it seems like a, a bolt-on afterthought, doesn't it? This is terrible. That should, that should be sorted. Why is that so bad where we are? They've got their artificial, artificial, I can't say it, artificial intelligence being, I'm not saying it again, <laughs> being able to call people up and make appointments, but they can't label images. It's terrible and disgusting. There, I've said it. Well, with this exceptional... Okay, maybe as maybe they, a little extreme. No, Maybe. not at all. Not where we're at now. What Google are making all these huge leaps and advances, yet they cannot get basic accessibility down on a new product. It's terrible. You know, I do have to kind of agree with Sean because with the Yay. exceptional way that they talk about Google Lens and how it can detect objects and text and give yeah, you all this that. contextual information, 
you would think that they could build that technology in, very similar to how we spoke about Microsoft seeing AI being on the desktop and things like that, uh, you know, being able to detect uh, you know, what, uh, what is in an image. Why can't they implement that into this device and have the assistant voice just say, you know, turn on a feature that says turn on description mode for the blind or something and have it just describe an image when it comes up. Don't, you don't need Chromebox for that. So they have the ability, they have the technology. Why not use it in that way? Look, to try and be fair to Google here, um, I think the, uh. the issue, <laughs> I think the issue is that they are a huge company Accessibility is, is a small part of it, no. no doubt, and that means it's a small team of people. I'm not defending it, uh, but what I'm saying say is Apple's that I think a big company. Amazon's a big company. Amazon finally recently made their app accessible. Their other products are accessible. We know what Apple's done. Microsoft is, is going way and above and beyond accessibility you know, things right now. I don't, I don't know if big company is, is really a reason. Oof. Stephen, well, that was you okay, told. But I'm, I'm not. I'm not defending them. I'm okay. just saying. Boo. I, all, what I'm saying is that I think that the. I'm look. I'm, around the right way. I'm just trying to say I don't think they've quite got their house in order on accessibility yet. Right. That's what I'm trying to say in a very nice way. Yes, but how long do you need? I'm not. Look, I'm, I'm not I'm saying not, it's. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's you well are, done. Exactly there. Well, congratulations. You've you screwed up. I, I'm. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is it's. It's just. Terrible. I, I agree. Well done, Stephen. Thank you. So, so they brought out a new phone, you say, Stephen. A new phone, you yes, say. They brought out a new phone, I say. I am, indeed. Uh, so, uh, what? Yes, so the new phone, Google Pixel 3a. Terrible name. Again, come to me, guys. I'm here. Look, I'm just sitting here. I could come up with better ideas than this. When you're looking for um, analogies and great names, yes, the first person I think of is Stephen Scott. Absolutely. So Google Pixel 3a. Oh, I wasn't serious. <laughs> um, well, yes. yeah, this is, thank you. This is a terrible name, uh, but the phone is. is apparently, well, pretty good, uh, at least in terms of uh, all of the functions and features that it's got. And I, I, I kind of almost skipped past this thing, but um, one of the things it's got in it is an OLED screen. Um, and I'm thinking, did I hear that right? An OLED screen inside a phone that's costing, by the way, 399 <gasps> It's amazing again. Google, I love you again. This is what the Pixel phone <laughs> should so have been. so fickle. When it was first oh. launched, this is what we expected the Pixel phones to be. And then when they announced the price of the first Pixel phone, everyone went, what? How much? You're mad. 399 for a phone with this amount of quality hardware in it is amazing. And I think they've knocked out of the park. This is going to be a seller. I would even consider changing from Apple to this phone. No, there you wouldn't. You no, would you not. There you go. I would. I, honestly, Wise. at the price point that I, I really don't think I can afford a next uh, iPhone. I don't think I can afford it. We can't so get this, you to use Narrator for more than 15 minutes and it's free. So really? No. What, what the, where's no, where's the look, analogy I, there? I, I, hold the, I, hold, I hold the <laughs> position here as, as most grumpy person in not just Scotland, which I do, of course, hold as a, a national award. Congratulations. Um, I, I have to say it. That's a huge competition, um, but I, uh, you know, I think I also hold the world title for it. Now, if you decide <laughs> to get yourself a Google Pixel phone, I can almost guarantee that you'll be the grumpiest man in the world. Uh, you know, we're up against each other. In the, whoa, in the whoa, title whoa! Fight. Hang on, hang on. For a man that switches <laughs> OS and platforms and sides so often, you always love it for the first two weeks at least. Listen, I, I've got to keep up, guys. You know, I've got to keep up. How are you getting on with that Samsung S10? Ugh. Or that uh, Pixel 3? <laughs> oh, 
Is it that yeah, bad? You switch phones like you switch lunch buffets. Come on, Steve. Uh, excuse me, excuse me. I don't change my lunch buffet. That doesn't get touched. That's always good. Right, look, stay there because we're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk more about this because uh, there's more accessibility talk to come from Google I.O. And there is other news out there, apparently. So we're going to get into that as well here on Double Tap Canada. Stay there. Wow. Double Tap Canada. Double Tap Canada. Welcome back. This is Double Tap Canada, and it's Stephen here with Sean and Tim, as always. But you knew that already. Okay, let's get into this Google Pixel 3a then. Terrible name for a phone, but apparently it's going to be quite good. Uh, It's out already. Uh, You can go and get it on the Google Store, even in Canada. Yes, normally with Canada, poor Canadians have always got to wait for things. Uh, like it's getting in the UK as well. Uh, well, not anymore. You can go and pre-order it now if you want this thing. Three nine nine is the price. Um, apparently, it's got sixty-four gig storage inside, at least at that price. Five point six inch screen. It's got night sight, uh, which apparently means it can take better pictures than the iPhone XS. <coughs> Just saying. Um, portrait mode. Uh, which is, you know, where you take a picture and you can blur out the background if you want. Front and back camera on the portrait mode. Uh, who cares? No one cares about cameras. Move on. Boo. Uh, unlimited storage, a high quality as well, with uh, online unlimited storage. I sound like my dad when I say that. Um, also, there's an all-day adaptive battery and a Titan M security module. Yeah. Right, I'm bored. Um, but anyway, this does seem like a good phone for the money. The OLED screen. Is, is pretty impressive as well at that price. I'll be honest, I think if you're partially sighted and you've got enough vision to use a screen, OLED is probably the way to go. Um, to get it at that price is pretty impressive. I think this is a good little phone. This could be the new iPhone SE replacement, possibly, mm. especially with that kind of a screen at that price point. I was really shocked when they said this. They threw me off when the nice lady got up on stage and was talking all about foldable phone technology and how so many companies were doing it, and it's the wave of the future, and they're really proud about how companies are making folding phone technologies. And I'm like, really? Really? Um, and then they talked about this. And I'm like, okay, this this is a little better, at least. It doesn't fold, thankfully. And at that price point... Yeah, I I don't know that I would make the switch as quickly as Sean is saying he would. But for that price, it, it's hard to argue against it. Well, look, I think Sean's point is actually a very important one. And for once, that is the case. Uh, because, you know, the price <laughs> is a big factor here. Um, price or price? Oh, well, I mean, obviously both. <laughs> Uh, but no, in this case, price uh, is is really, really important because a lot of people are thinking, I'd like a new phone, but I can't afford to spend all that money. I mean, you're signing up now for three-year contracts. Yeah, exactly. And that's a, I mean, and, and it's a huge amount of money per month as well. It's not like, oh, well, you know, you take it over three years and it's like $10. No, it's, you know, in some cases, people are up to almost 100 if not more than $100 a month for a contract, which is insane. So... With all that in mind, you know, that's a heck of a bill to take on. Whereas if you go out, and I think the idea here is that you would just buy this phone outright, and I think that's probably more feasible than ever you would be able to do with a with a, an iPhone, certainly. But I wonder if this is what Apple is kind of hiding up its sleeve for this year. No. Where um, there you go. the iPhone SE... <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, the iPhone SE comes along, 
And they go, hey, you can have this for three nine nine or four fifty because they always have to do one better. <laughs> Is that better? <laughs> well, for them, yes. No, Apple doesn't do budget, no matter what. They they don't care about it. They don't want it. It's all about the the brand name and the brand image for them. So no, never going to happen. I don't think. Let me put that little proviso. So wait, you don't think when they lowered the price of the SC last year or recently, and then last year they came out with that three hundred dollar iPad, that's not budget? No. No, that's educational. Okay. That's that's different. And they will. I have one of those three hundred dollar iPads. It's actually really nice. Well, that's because you're still learning. Listen, they're never oh. going to bring one out- of those because I barely get to use it because everybody else in my family takes it away. Yeah, you're supposed to buy ten of them. That's the idea. I think right. at that price point. They're not going to do the same thing with a phone. I don't think. Well, what was the closest they had was the five C. That was a terrible phone that didn't really take off. It's it's not Apple style. I don't think they'll do it. But I think there's a definite need for this and a gap in the market now we've gone so far to the other end we're talking you know at least a thousand dollars for a phone now i think that the time is right for one of these and the price point is excellent it's virtually the same as the pixel 3 you know you get a plastic body instead you you lose wireless charging which at the moment isn't you know a a great loss yeah exactly a slightly slower processor uh, that most people aren't going to notice anyway so I think this is uh, this has got to be a winner. Well, and as we've said before, with a Google phone, you know you're getting pure Android. You're going to get the newest Android. Although they did say at I.O. that they were trying to work on that fragmentation problem. They're aware that there is that issue. And, and depending on the phone you have, that you may not have a, a good or as best of an Android experience as you should have. So they are working on that. And I was glad to hear them address that. But having an actual Google phone does make that experience better. With all that being said, if the accessibility is absolutely terrible, then I'm going to throw it in the bin. True. So, you know, okay, it's, it's all right, that fine on, balance. On. It's not terrible. On the, on the Pixel phone... Oh, here he is. <laughs> on the Pixel phone, it's, well, it's not terrible, right? In fact, it's, it's improved a lot. Um, I just think that the problem we all have is that we have been iPhone first, and we've been iPhone for a long time. I think it's difficult to make the switch and then not compare it back. Whereas if you're new to the whole world of accessibility and the whole world of smartphones, then you would probably find the Google experience great and you might even not like the iPhone. Do you know what I mean? It's just it depends where you arrive yeah, abs- first. Absolutely. And we've we've had this argument before and you're absolutely right. But if there's things that I cannot do on the Google phone purely because the talkback or what do they call it now, the accessibility suite isn't um, fully featured then there's a problem. Even if you don't compare it or even if you do compare it to iOS, um, there's a problem there. I do think the accessibility still needs some growing, some maturity to it. Yeah, I don't disagree with that, but I think it's, you know, I think it's doing the right thing. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah, they're going in they're the, going right, the direction. right direction with it, yep, for sure. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, well, well, I'll be interested. I, I'm going to be amazed if you put your hand in your pocket to buy anything. So if you do, <laughs> yes. then uh, great. Um, can, can, we, can we quickly go back to Google Lens, talking about Google accessibility? Because there were some points on that which I thought were really, really good. If you want. Okay, I'll go into it. So, um, <laughs> no, again, this does come down to artificial intelligence, and I'm not sure how tightly linked it is for accessibility other than recognizing text and, and that whole OCR capability of it. But the Google Lens, so you could point it at a menu was a demo they were giving, say a restaurant menu, and it would 
point out, uh, let's let's gloss over, because I think we've talked about it before, the ability that it can translate this. So if you're looking at a menu in French, it will translate to any language you like uh, in real time, which is absolutely amazing. And the thing about this was that originally it was a visual thing, wasn't it? That you could hold it up, like you say, hold it up to a sign. Say it was like yeah. a road sign and it was in French and it said, you know, stop traffic or whatever, you know, stop uh, traffic. Yeah, it's um, basically using augmented reality to <laughs> change what you would see. <laughs> yes, it was called World Lens at that point and, and Google bought it out. And it was one of those amazing magic demo yeah. showing uh, apps because it, it was amazing. Did it in real time, matched the font and everything. But by the by, um, so now the artificial intelligence gets involved in this and it can actually show you, you what meals. I said it correctly. Well done. The meals. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. The meals on that menu, which are popular. And it can tell you which which people like, and it can show you reviews on those meals and show you pictures of those meals. So it's all dragging that information off the internet and, and you know, bringing it in. It's almost like AR, if you like. But the, it's all about the real-time nature of it, the speed that it does it. You don't have to wait for something to load up. It's amazing. Now, if it can do that, I'm assuming it can also read it out, you know, and move into the accessibility angle on it. Um, the, the whole artificial intelligence they've got going on in the background now is amazing you know we're talking skynet no we're not let's not go crazy no, i'm not, not saying not. that <laughs> but i mean it is getting to that point where wow this is this just works so well and it it, it works with reality so well it's amazing well let's put it to the test in reality and see how it goes demos are always amazing because they've been set up to look amazing uh, Good point. But how does it work in real life? Also, I think uh, what is quite smart about this is that the size of the application that does all this work is very small, and that means they can put it onto older, well, not so much older, but less powered phones. So obviously this has been designed so it can be used on the new Pixel 3a. I think I'm right in saying a lot of this is available just on Pixel at the moment, or is it expanding out to other phones as well? Well, as far as I can make out, it will be coming across other other phones as well, because Google Lens is available even on iOS, I think, isn't it? It used to be. Yeah, it used to be. I, I, I know that a lot of the features they talked about were pixel-only initially, Yeah, and they then were. they would develop out. Yep. Yeah. Um, but, okay, well, I'm interested to see how this works. I think, it's a, I think it's a good idea. Again, it depends how it works in real life. I've got Seeing AI, I've got Be My Eyes for that real-time interaction if I really need it. But you're right, you've got to call something, you've got to make a call, you've got to open an app, do all that stuff. So maybe... Maybe this will be better. I don't know. We shall see. Um, what else did they bring out? A lot of a lot of talk around uh, hearing uh, issues. And actually, I'm kind of glad to hear that there are other people getting in on the act on this. Uh, lots of features, uh, especially uh, things like uh, amplifying sound, which a lot of this was kind of an, in a lot of these phones already, uh, maybe by another name. But these features are becoming more fully fledged. Uh, kind of a, like a live listen equivalent as well coming to Google which is quite good. Again, you know, Samsung have already got that with their Galaxy Buds, uh, something I'll be talking about soon. Um, so, you know, a lot of these features are coming, uh, some of them are already out there. Uh, and it's like I was reading the article about um, iOS 13 last week, and it was saying that, you know, well, you know, they're going to be developing these new apps, well, at least developing apps that are on iPad and transferring them over to the Mac. And, you know, they're going to be developing new features into the devices, like in the watch, there's going to be all these new things. Um, but the problem is they're trying to walk a line between, you know, working with the developers so that they can make money and also just 
standing on top of all of the developers and doing it themselves. Uh, and, you know, this is the challenge for a lot of these companies because there are a lot of these products already out there. I, I do like, though, that these kinds of accessibility features, like what's happening with Google Lens, is happening in a mainstream product. Um, my only concern about Google, my, my always concern about Google is that someone, I think it's, it, I, I think this is how it works, right? I think Margaret leaves one day in Google, uh, whoever Margaret is, right? So Margaret's in charge of Google Lens, right? And she, she decides she's got a better job offer doing something else. And uh, she leaves the company and they go, all right, so what did, she, what did Margaret do? Oh, she did Google Lens. Ah, we'll just shut that down. And then they move on to something else because, you know, they close, <laughs> they stop more projects than they start. Um, that's my only concern about Google. But anyway, look, we've talked about Google now for an, almost the entire show. Let's talk about something else because uh, Google are um, not the only ones who are getting into all of this, uh, you know, using the phone to, to do clever things, uh, especially around health, which was something that did come up a lot at I.O. Um, they mentioned about the, uh, the features that now can detect or not so much detect, but can work to help understand conditions like diabetic retinopathy see early signs of that using smart uh, smartphones, but also that the cameras inside are so powerful now. Uh, and iPhone have even got things like this as well. There's apps now. Uh, Go Check Kids is one I saw this week that Tim had mentioned to me. Um, and this is being used to te- detect vision disorders in children. This kind of technology does make the difference, doesn't it? I mean, it's you know one thing to just use your phone to go on Facebook and maybe check your bank balance. But imagine if it was able to, through the through the technology in the camera, be able to identify if you had a sight problem. It's pretty impressive. It's amazing. Yeah, that type of technology is really amazing. And I think that's where we're going to go with a lot of this. All these companies are seeing that they can make a lot of money in that health realm. Apple has already been doing that, obviously, with Apple Watch and health and all that. And so why not have Google and other companies get on board with this? We've heard so many different things about what may come at WWDC next month with health and things that they're going to add to the watch and things like this, like you mentioned with the Go Check to to check kids' uh, vision and what they did here at I.O. with uh, diabetic retinopathy. This, to me, this is the future. This is what we what we want to see happen, especially with uh, internet connections getting better over the next coming years and you know, processing power getting better. I'm fascinated by this. This is definitely amazing. I don't think it is just about making money either. Now we've got a convergence of all this technology, the, the cameras being so, as good as they are, and the artificial That's intelligence true. and the vision pro- processing. Um, I think it's, you know what, we could do something like this. Why not? make that functionality available and and give this feature to the world. Of course, it's a business and it is, at the end of the day, all about the profit margin. But I think something like this isn't just purely a a money-making thing. And yeah, it's definitely a good thing. You you think there's there's lots of people in the world where they can't just ring up and make an appointment with an optician or ophthalmologist, you know. So things like this are so important. Yeah, it's fantastic. Well, yeah, and there's, you know, having a, an experience as I did back in 2013, I went over to Africa, and I had an opportunity to meet a lot of people there who clearly were in a position where they, they may have had access to some of the technology, but certainly had no access to um, you know, I mean, basics, you know, mind education or even clean water, but, you know, going and getting, a, you know, an optician appointment would be impossible because exactly. where's the optician? Yeah. Um, and, you know, actually, one of the guys I was with, he was an optician who was actually, his job was to go out to developing countries and just kind of travel around 
uh, and just hope that he could meet people who might, you know, need his help. Which seems such an arbitrary way of doing it. You know, just wandering around a country in the vain hope that, you know, I might bump into someone who's got a sight yeah. problem. But the, uh, I mean, it's, this just changes that. That's a huge part of the world that has this situation. Yeah. You know, we are so privileged where we are at. And be, the, the ability for someone like that, rather than carrying a, a huge amount of equipment around with mm-hmm. them, to carry just a smartphone and being able to get some, even if it's just basic diagnostics of it, you know, fantastic. There, there is no, there's no drawback to that at all. Well, the thing is, as we all know, because we've all done it at some point, you know, you get a bit of an illness or you know, your, your neck's a bit stiff or you, you know, have a bit of a, a problem with your knee. So you Google it and then you, you're convinced that you're going to die in the next 10 <laughs> minutes because you found some horrific thing online. There's some bug that's out there that, you know, eats through your, your knee. I've got that and all this nonsense. Whereas with, with this technology, it has the brain. So, you know, it's not a case of, we need to necessarily be doing anything. We just point the camera and it does all the work. And I think that is what's super smart about this. You can put technology in people's hands with technology in some cases they may already own, but it gives you access to to a brain that you would, as like we said, you know, might have to go far to travel to, to get out of the house to. Um, there are a lot of other situations as well. I think about people who've got learning disabilities and one of the biggest challenges for opticians is understanding if someone who has a learning disability who's maybe acting out, and that, of course, can be down to a number of things, but one common factor is sight loss. Uh, this is actually a bigger problem, and I think a lot of people understand. Um, so for that reason, being able to identify someone's eye problem through an app rather than trying to get information from the patient themselves could make a big difference. And that could be the case for people with dementia or a whole wide range of different people who just cannot, you know, say what the problem is. Yeah, that's um, right. And, and so th- I think this has got... I, I think you're right. I mean, I, I think that a lot of this technology is for good. I think what the profit model is, is saying, you know, this is all for good. Come buy our bits. Um, don't buy their bits, <laughs> buy our bits, because our bits are better bits and they're nicer bits. Um, so, you know, all of that. But, uh, yeah, so that's that's the health side. What is it with you and the word um, bits? Oh, my goodness. I know, he just totally ruins everything by saying bits all the time. Thank you. Um, I want to mention Lady A because this is a huge story and no one's talking about it. I haven't had anyone else talk about this. So we will. Uh, Lady A is uh, now able to be summoned on any Windows 10 PC. Now, you might already know that. You might know that the app came out, I think it was November time last year, the app came out, and we were quite excited by it. We all installed it and then never used it again. Um, <laughs> I'm the only one that did that. But, I've got one in the yeah. room, so yeah, why? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it was quite good, but you had to press a button to action. You had to sort of push to talk, essentially. Control-shift-A. Uh, yeah, uh, but they've changed that. So now you can just speak her name, and she will listen, and she will respond. But I think this is actually really good, and I, I'm thinking about this from a business point of view. You know, in my office, I really miss having Lady A around because the amount of times I, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, what day is it, a week on Tuesday? And, you know, I ask Jaws, <laughs> but Jaws doesn't tell me, um, or I have to Google it, which is ridiculous and doesn't make any sense. So uh, being able just to ask her... Um, it's good, and I think we're also at a point where if someone did that in the office, no one would look at you a bit odd, you know, because they'd be like, 
Oh, yeah, okay, you've got one of those, right? Okay. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense. So I think, actually, from a business perspective, this is really useful. I think for anyone who just wants access to information, um, especially in the workplace. I mean, I know, Tim, you've, you've been working on for a while, actually, trying to find a way of doing a lot of your sort of office tasks using this device rather than just as a personal home assistant. I have, absolutely. And the skills are there. They're not maybe up to snuff where I'd want them to be yet, but they are there. I can dictate notes to Lady A. I can check my emails, even reply to emails, delete the emails, but it's still very limited. And so to be able to not only do that for my living room or my bedroom or wherever else I may have an Echo device, be able to just sit at my computer and not have to remember what the shortcut is along with all the other keyboard shortcuts I've got, uh, for jaws and, and things and then just be able to speak straight you know to lady a and have it done on my computer is just one extra great option that i, I like to have and i would say cortana who but that said at microsoft <gasps> build which was their event that they had earlier this week they did a demo of this new multi-assistant something i forget what they called it but some sort of contextualized multi-assistant processing that they're doing and this lady had a probably a five-minute conversation back and forth doing all kinds of things, setting appointments, changing appointments, you know, doing all kinds of things uh, with, with the, the Asking assistant. the weather. Well, yeah. she asked the weather, but she also <laughs> made reservations. She changed appointments. She was able to get information and say, do I have this person in, you know, on this meeting or in this contact? And it was a fluid back and forth conversation. I was very impressed with that. And I like what Microsoft is doing there. It actually made Cortana sound intelligent for once. That said... Being able to talk to Lady A like this directly in a Windows PC, well, Windows 10 PCs, I should say, that I, to me, this is fantastic. I, I don't know that I would care about using Cortana now. Oh, that's a bit harsh. But yes, Cortana, you're dumped. You're out, love. Because um, this Who uses it? But exactly, exactly. Apart from it's quite good when you're doing the Windows 10 setup. I quite like it, actually. I think it's quite... Oh, so now, it's, so it's now the, well, I was going to say the screen reader, but it's, it's the assistant you go to to get to other assistants. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like narrator. No, no. Um, look, it makes total... Well, you do have Cortana on your Echo device. You can install that skill, use Lady A to activate Cortana Why? and then talk to Cortana. Why? Why would you? I, I think I think you Microsoft wouldn't. should just... Look, look, that's Bin Cortana, let's integrate um, Lady A directly into Windows, and that would be amazing. It's a yeah. win-win, because we all love the uh, Echo service, and now Amazon gets to how many million instances of Windows are there? You know, it's just everywhere now. So, yeah, Skynet again. Sorry. Um, just a quick one to mention. Uh, this is sad news to end on. Uh, it is indeed a major loss in the world of tech. I know many of us will mourn this day for the rest of our lives. Um, WhatsApp is not going to be available on Microsoft's Windows uh, mobile platform by the end of this year. Oh, well, how will we live? It's the end of days. There's a Windows mobile platform? Oh. <laughs> yeah, let's be honest. I thought they killed that off years ago. What, the phone or the app? Um, uh, no, the phone. I thought yeah. they killed off the, the Windows mobile platform a while ago. Apparently, they're all coming off uh, Windows smartphones from December, which is done for some of the other older and obsolete systems. Um, apparently, it's already been withdrawn for Nokia Symbian. <laughs> wow. How will brilliant. we survive? Nokia Series 40, BlackBerry. Oh, I tell you, this is a, this is a, a list of, of my history here. <laughs> um, 
BlackBerry OS <laughs> 10 as well. Uh, the Windows uh, phone operating system was launched back in 2010, um, which doesn't seem that long ago, uh, and then died this year. Yeah. Uh, in January, they killed it off. So, uh, oh, was it yeah. January? Wow. Yeah. But, yeah, they never achieved any of the success of, of the other ones, obviously. So, uh, yeah, but WhatsApp are already sad about it. Apparently, I love this as well, um, they are joining uh, or they were withdrawing support for Android versions 2.3.7. So if you're on Android 2.3.7, first of all, what's wrong with you? Get a new phone immediately. Um, <laughs> but also on uh, the February 1st of next year, they'll be withdrawing iPhone iOS 7 support and older. Wow. Okay. Seven? Wow. Uh, that's not too bad, I suppose. So there you go. Anyway. Um, that is almost it from us. Uh, there is so much news kicking around and, and more events happening all the time. Uh, do keep listening and do keep in touch with us as well. Tell us what your thoughts are on all of this. Feedback at ami.ca. Um, on next week's show, we're going to be talking uh, lots more about my new obsession, which is the Mac. Um, oh, I thought you were going to say DIY for a second. No, I, <laughs> let's just say that that particular oh. uh, midlife crisis has sailed, thankfully. Um, yeah, I think I think the world oh, may well be safe. Uh, but yes, yeah, no, I'm going to talk about the Mac next week because I am kind of back in love with that again, using it all the time, uh, <sighs> learning a new op- uh, a new audio editing uh, system at the moment as well. Not saying that you should do the same, Sean, but maybe you should. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about all of the stuff that's, that's happening on the, the world of uh, Mac. Because, you know, actually, it, it, like I said, I said at the start of the year, I was not going to let it beat me. And then two weeks later, I said, it's beaten me. I can't do it anymore. Uh, but now I feel like, actually, no, I, I've given it some more time. Found more shortcuts, and that's the key, I think, with Mac. If you can figure out how to move around the screen more quickly, you know, some of the things that kind of annoy me about Mac, you know, start to subside. Yeah. So I'm going to talk a bit about that on next week's program. And, you know, I I did mention earlier about the Samsung Galaxy Buds. I am going to do a review of those for the show because there are some really nice features in them. They're actually pretty decent. Um, And I'd say they're better than AirPods in terms of air quality. (gasps) Wow. Air quality. Sound quality. Whoa. Air quality. Yeah, air quality is <laughs> so much better when I'm around. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, but no, it's great. So we'll, we'll do a little review on those. And uh, I'm sure Tim will have more bits for you. Uh, I will. I'm working on a couple of different things. So oh. those will be coming up soon. Yeah. And Sean. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Thank you so much. <laughs> check out everything you want to know about the show at ami.ca. Uh, you can check out our podcast there as well. Uh, that's it from me, uh, from you guys. Goodbye. Thank you. My middle name is John. (laughs) Bye. Thank you. Goodbye. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.